1: Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Leading Off Podcast. Of course, it's all Ron, Who am I joined by over here?
0: Hey everyone, Cooper Carlson here, and yes, it is a baseball podcast. I missed all the football talks. Yep, we're still here. pretty amazing, I Yes, think. yes, still talking
1: baseball. It's, uh, we've reached the point where the start of the NFL season has collided with, uh, the end of MOB, but people still care about the twins at this point, so you're kind of stuck in like a two-world situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got to admit, I've been watching football all day and was till we started this, so I'm into it. Everyone's into it, but hey, baseball talk you've got to keep going, and it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, gotta keep pushing out the content. Yeah,
1: they're okay. They're they're decent. They're doing fine. So, gotta push out that content and whatnot. We got a uh, a hefty episode. Not a whole lot. Of different topics, but I feel like the topics we're going to talk about are going to be pretty meaty, uh, all things considered, considering everything that happened this week. Of course, do the week in review, we'll talk about how the series went. Uh, we'll be talking about the Michael Pineda suspension and all of the implications of that. We'll be talking about the surprise, uh, Ryan Lamar trade, which that one caught me off guard. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, Alex Kirillov, whether he can uh, or whether he will be promoted. Our thoughts on that. Uh, injury news, which will take up far too long than I care to uh, have. Uh, do some fan questions. Great job this week again. asking good questions. Uh, of course, the eternal question, did Martin Perez do his job, in which I fight with Cooper because I know how that's going to end. Uh, talking about the minor leagues, uh, not too much there, just two teams. Well, down to one team playing, unfortunately, now. Uh, and some fun debuts, and then, of course, looking ahead in the next week, what's happening. So, I think uh, you're going to start us off. How did the first
0: series go? Yep, so I'll be starting with the um, Boston series. The series the Twins were actually able to take going into this week, I kind of, I don't know if we said this last week, but I said, or thought we had to go 3-3 three and three here against Boston and Cleveland. You don't got to do much. Just do that, go 500, you'll be set for the division if you can do that the rest of the way out, kind of, until you get to the easy part and against Boston they were able to come out win the series first game 6-5 this is where they kind of the first time all year really utilized the opener uh Randy Dobnak got the first inning and then Thorpe came in for the next four or so and it worked really well I mean it's something that we'll get into later but will likely have to be used a lot down the stretch with how the rotation has been and it's a good debut of it in the series and yeah game two um the problem with Jose Barrios continued to linger. Twins lost this game. Yeah, Jose Barrios, he went five, gave up six earned runs. Just what we've been seeing lately, nothing really changed. And, I mean, got to get him right if you want to do anything, especially with the news the Twins received this week. Final game, uh, Boston, a uh, 2-1 win for the Twins. This was one of the more fun games all year. It ended in the memorable uh, J.D. Martinez double off the wall against Taylor Rogers. Rosario throws out Rafael Devers at the place, which we all remembered and was celebrated around Minnesota that day pretty much. <laughs> twins Twitter was a fun place to be, got to admit. It was a great game, good series, good for the Twins to take two of three and a good start to their week here.
1: Yeah, certainly. Whenever you can go into Boston, you're just like, okay, take the series. I don't think anyone's going to complain about doing that. Uh, the only thing I'm going to complain about is could you not could you win more than just a one-run game? You guys are killing me at this point. Like all of the saves keep coming down to where you're like, okay, there's a guy on, uh, one hit could end it. It's like Taylor Rogers, I trust you with my life, but uh, holy crap, can you stop doing this? So fun stuff. Yeah, fun series. Uh, they played well. That's that's really it. It was it was just fun. It was nice. Uh, the the next series was admittedly slightly less nice. Uh, I'd say, against uh, the Cleveland Indians. Of course, they're hosting. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but they're the team hot on their trail. Or at least somewhat on their trail. I shouldn't say hot. Uh, it's now five-and-a-half game lead at this point, but you get a chance to play the team that's behind you. You'd like to bury them a little bit. and then really do that. First game, uh, Cleveland took in extras. That was uh, what it ended up being like 62, I believe. Just, just kind of really got extras. If you ask me, I think the Twins could have won that earlier, They should have won that earlier. And it was Really annoying to say that they didn't. The offense still hitting and running with runners in scoring position was just frightening and just awful and terrible and you know insert adjective here. It was just you know not good. Then the second game they, they rebounded, came back. Mitch Garver blasted two home runs as he does. Uh, Jake Brissett struck out everyone and their mother, and it was a a much better game. A nice bounce back game. Then game three, Sunday, that was today, it was a, a tough one. I, I said this from the beginning. It's going to be tough going up against Mike Clevenger, and you're going to be throwing out, presumably, and then it was confirmed, Randy Dobnak, followed by uh, eventually Devin Smelter, And that's, that's not going to be a good matchup against Clevenger, and they did not win that. So only took one uh, of the series. Still, I mean, down from six-and-a-half to when the series started, a five-and-a-half isn't the worst thing in the world.
0: But you really – Really would have liked to see a series win. Yeah, definitely. Going in, it was, you know, thought we had an opportunity to uh, take the series, of course, and play well against this team. But it just seems every time Cleveland comes into town, or we're just playing Cleveland, it's, they just look like the better team. I mean, obviously they're not. But the starting pitching just seems to shut down the Twins more often than not here. And, you know, they've got guys like Plesak and Plutko. And, I mean, they've got everyone out there just – out of nowhere, and they just come pitch well with the Twins, of course, and everyone else, which is really annoying. But I don't know; it would have been nice to take the series. We weren't able to get much going, and the second game, if we would have lost that, would have a sweep would have just been awful. Here, kind of well, you know, still probably would have had a great chance of winning the division, but just for overall morale and such. But so that Garber home run that got everyone going everywhere. I mean, that was that was crazy fun. That was just fun to watch and got everyone going. I think so. That was, the, you know, one of the highlights of the season. So, good there.
1: <laughs> We're kind of kind of getting to the point now where it's like each, like, big home run or big play now is the highlight of the season. Because yeah. uh, it was Eddie Rosario throwing at Devers at home. And then two days later now it's Mitch Garber hitting a three-run home run. You know, it's like, and I, I came to the same realization when I wrote the Cleveland series, the biggest series of the year. I'm like, D- haven't I written this, like, before already, like back in July or something? It's like that's the natural progression of things as things get later and there's less and less, you know, time to make up for stuff. But it's like kind of kind of getting there. We're, uh, go ahead, through and home run in the seventh. You're like, well, this is it. This is the height of the,
0: the season. Not entirely wrong, but just it's interesting, I find. And, I mean, I'm a fan of it. It's great. This is great fun. So let's just keep it going here. I'm good for It's, it's interchanging highlights of the year. It's great. <laughs> It's great fun,
1: but at the same time, I would like to feel my stomach, like, for – because, you know, once you, once you get late in the game, and as I said, the one-run leads, and you're just like – it's just there, and that feeling is there, and it's not gone until the game's over, and I'm just like, okay. This is just going to, like, shave years off my life, and you got to come to that realization. But,
0: yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's fun when they win. It certainly is. That's certainly true. Yeah, I mean – Plus we got this is just like September baseball up by six and a half in the division five and a half now but I mean if this is bad just imagine how playoff baseball is going to be I'm not I'm not going to make uh, it No no I'm not
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna become uh, piles of ash and dust at this point that is really all that's going to happen So that was oh, how the games went uh, However there was a, a slightly the, you know it's somewhat major storyline that hit on Saturday I don't know if you were aware of it uh, you know Kind of flew under the radar. Uh, Michael Pineda, the Twins' ace, uh, both used ironically and now unironically, was suspended for 60 games for uh, PEDs, and uh, of course that takes him out for the rest of this year. It'll take him out going into next year, and he's ineligible for the playoffs. So there's mm-hmm. uh, a lot to a lot to unpack there. You got any thoughts first?
0: Oh man, well. First thing, this the only person that was more disappointed by this news than Michael Pineda was myself. I mean, I've been pushing for this guy since mid May or whenever we did our like second episode of this, and I, I said he was, you know, I thought he was gonna be great, and then, you know, he did. I was saying game one starter for a couple months now, and then this news drops on me. Go on to Twitter, see this. I thought it was from the. At first, I thought it was like a retweet from when he got caught earlier in his career. So, you know, but then I looked into it more, and it's the most disappointing news of the season, honestly, and just, I mean, a lot to unpack, as you said, and I don't, I guess I don't know where to begin, but he was taking a substance, well, he was taking a pill, apparently, that a buddy gave to him to lose weight, but instead of asking the trainers if he should take it, he just took it himself, so I don't know if you believe that story, or if he was actually masking PEDs, or what the deal was, but. The ruling, which rarely ever, I mean, it's like a 5% chance that you'll get lower gains, went from 80 to 60. So they were able to find conclusive evidence that he wasn't actually trying to cheat, but you still got to suspend the guy. So it's rough. Yeah. the way it goes. <clears throat>
1: yeah, it's a – well, first of all, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the drug's name. Uh, mm-hmm. cause it's one of the hydrochloria, and then beyond that, I'm just done. So you get the idea. Yeah, it's used to treat blood pressure. Uh, the thing is, though, it's uh, a masking agent, um, and uh, that's why it's a banned substance. So, it's kind of not entirely dissimilar to uh, what Robinson Cano went through last year, where he, uh, he had some of the same thing. With, uh, it was a, it was not the PED as much as it was a masking uh, agent. Although in that case, I believe they found ample evidence that it was used to cover up PEDs. And this one, like you said, uh, apparently he made a strong enough case where they actually got it. Down from 80 games to 60 games because you know they were like, okay, maybe it's not PEDs, but at the end of the day, it's on the list. You gotta be able to suspend the guy. You know, it happens. Uh, I, for the life of me, can't figure out why anyone in that situation, when given a random pill from a friend, would be like, sure, let's take this. What could go wrong? Cause mm-hmm. I mean, do, I don't even think I have to say why. That's stupid, but it, it is what it, is. it happens. You can't make it not happen. Now all you're left with is, what do we do? Because there's
0: a lot of implications with him gone now. Yeah, and we could go down the trail of just you know getting mad at him and asking what went wrong and stuff, but really you no know, use. It's got a it's time to I guess you know time to just move on and say well now what do we do because we're in the playoff race and we need someone to step up here more than one person because pitching's been a struggle all year and this was the this was the rock in the rotation. <laughs> he was just. He's going to give you six innings, three in runs. No no doubt about it. But, I mean, now what do you do? You, I mean, game one, Barrios, I think that's solidified now. I was having him game two or three, but even with how bad he struggles from here on out, you can't justify not having him game one, I don't think. So Barrios game one, Odorizzi game two. And then, I mean, it's where do you go from there? You've got two playoff starters, mm-hmm. and one of them is having one of the worst stretches of his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, shit, at this point, I think you can make a strong case that Rizzi should be starting Game 1, how he's done recently. He can bounce back with Barrios until, you know, he shows the signs that he can. I I don't know, which is why you're at the point now where you're like, your Game 2 starter, or even Game 1, theoretically, might be a guy that you're just like, we don't know because he's in a funk. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, I mean, I don't want to say that that's not good because anyone can tell you that that's not good. Well, when Pineda was the rock and when it was nice having him, now that that's gone, no one is there to replace him. And now you're just left with a bunch of question marks and everything up in the air. Because now, yeah, Odorizzi, Burrios, I don't one or two, however you order them. Game three, your game three starters now Kyle Gibson, your game four starters now Martin Perez. And compare that to any other game three and game four starter out there in the American League, and it's, it's looking like a mismatch. That's just what it
0: kind of is at this point. Well, especially because with the question marks just surrounding Kyle Gibson, I mean, he hasn't been at full strength basically all year, and now he's suffering with a sickness or whatever that, um you know, hurt, he can't work with his legs, he has no strength there. So he's a question mark, I don't know if he, hopefully he's well enough to pitch in the playoffs, but apparently he'll be back mid-September, they don't know what they're getting out of him, and, you know, he hasn't been great for a while now, and that's because he hasn't been able to use his legs, and. If he doesn't get that back, you can't justify putting him in there for a game three. I mean, if it, at that point, it's either Perez or the opener strategy. I mean, I don't know if so, it, you can even trust Gibson at this point.
1: <laughs> so, are we going to reach a point where we see Randy Dobnak game three starter? Is that is that where we're heading? I up? think
0: I think it's almost well. It's a if you don't have Gibson, I think it's. You use the strategy of you you put whoever in the game as long as you can get out. Like, it's not a starter anymore. You just go inning by inning. Whoever you think is going to get you out, you put in the game. Like, opener, but Jeez. just, you know, you just do what you got to do to win the game. doesn't matter, rolls or anything.
1: Jeez, that's going to get awfully cheesy. It's uh...
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's me, not good. That's what oh. happens when your best starter gets suspended.
1: That's certainly true. And now you're at the point where we're looking at the starting pitching depth. And the, the good news is uh, there's a lot of guys who can step up. You know, we got we talked about him Smelter, Thorpe, Dobnek, uh just off the top of my head, uh <laughs> Stewart, although no one likes Stewart except for me, I guess I'm the lone guy there. But you have you have people that can, you just obviously don't know if they can do it, you know, well. And that's that's where the uncertainty comes in, and that's where uh, the big issue comes, in my opinion, is now you're so much more uncertain, in, because by taking out what was the most certain, and uh, it's I – I can't even finish that thought just because it's that messed up. It's uh, – yeah, it's probably the worst thing that could have happened as far as, like, losing someone,
0: really. Yeah. I don't even know if that's being dramatic. I think that's just true. No, yeah, you're right on there. I mean – And we could talk about who's going to be that third and fourth starter all day, but I think we said this last week too. It comes down to, I mean, if Jose Barrios isn't pitching like he was first half and Jake Odorizzi isn't being first half Jake Odorizzi, the Twins, it's not going to matter who the third and fourth starter are. I mean, it just won't. If they're not, if those two aren't able to win you at least one game out of the first two, like Odorizzi, I mean, you're going to get, what, five innings, three earned runs, hopefully, it seems, most times out. And, he'll, I mean, you don't know against a Yankee lineup in Yankee Stadium or a Houston lineup in Houston. I mean, just with his inconsistency and then Barrios, he just can't trust right now. I mean, he'll pitch either game one or two just because of his uh, resume or just how he's been. But, you know, I mean, it's tough because it's and this was never winning a playoff series or, you know, going farther than that it was never about the pitching, of course. It's always been about can the bats continue in, in the playoffs, but. You know, if you give up 10 runs a game, it's not going to matter what the Bats do.
1: Well, and I'm kind of thinking now, it's like if we're at the point where we're discussing is our Game 3 starter Kyle Gibson, Martin Perez, or some sort of bullpen game, I feel like we've already lost. <laughs> kind of, yeah. that's, that's kind of where you're uh, at because you're saying that, and then the Astros are like, gee, how are we going to line up Verlander, Cole, and Frankie? Huh. Let's think about that. That's their conversation. Our conversation is a lot more rough. Yankees... They're they're in their own thing. Their starters have done better, so it's again I'd give them the upper hand, especially now. Uh, but really, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. Uh, unless some miracle of you know someone pulling a rabbit out of a hat, everyone figures it out, or someone really steps up, they're just going to be at a major disadvantage now going forward. And they're already in a place where they couldn't afford to do that because they're already pretty much in a disadvantage compared to everyone else. So it's. It's a, it's a massive Grand Canyon-sized hole, and they have, like, one rope with, like, uh, the rappel attached to it. And they're like, all right, maybe this will get us up. We have one shot. That's kind of that's kind of the analogy I'm thinking of right now.
0: Yeah, and I mean, well, I was going to say something. Um, I completely – oh, yes, I was looking at the World Series odds. The Twins have about – I mean, they've got right now an 8.4 chance. It dropped about, is that around 10? So it dropped 1.5% roughly when Kaneda got suspended and the Twins lost a couple of games to the Indians here. And, I mean, the best case, I mean, the really only chance the Twins have to move on and get to the World Series per se is face the Yankees. And the. I mean, you might disagree with me here just because of the curse or whatever, but this is my take. <laughs> face the Yankees in the ALBS slugfest. I mean, just win in the slugfest, win them all 10-9. In a five-game series, who cares? Do what you got to do. And just pray and hope to God that the Wild Card team beats the Astros. That's all you got because you're not beating the Astros in the seven-game series with their rotation against your rotation. It's just – it's not happening. And their lineup matches up. I mean, they've almost – you know, they've got as as good of a lineup as the Twins if, you know, it's close at least. So Mm -hmm. you're not beating the Astros. That's just my take.
1: Matt. Well, yeah, probably. I don't. I don't want to come out and just directly say that, just because I know the playoffs are such a mess that it's like on paper, yes, that's true, but but the way it plays out is always different. And you know, there's so many times where I'm like, yeah, this team's totally going to steamroll this team, and then the exact opposite happens, just because playoffs are weird. Weird stuff happens in small sample sizes, but yeah, in a in a contained box, you know, looking at mono mono numbers against numbers, guys against guys, straight up the Astros. You know they're just gonna kick your ass with that rotation. it's yeah, I agree with you there, but yeah, I think even you. before we get I would say even before we get to that question, I think the question will be, uh going forward in the regular season, what are you gonna do? Is it the same plan? Are we gonna do what they did Sunday throughout Dobnack, and then whatever lefty between Smeltzer and Thorpe didn't recently pitch out of the bullpen?
0: Is that kind of where we're going? I mean, I don't know where we're going if that's what we got to do, you know that's. What it's gonna come down to you got to, it's gonna come down to pulling every single string exactly correct in order to win a playoff series and I mean, if that's what it takes, here we go. it's gonna be a crazy ride, but I'm gonna ask you a question about the playoffs real quick um all right, so the teams that would make it would be new york Houston Tampa Bay oakland for the a l which i mean is there one of those teams you think yourself would like look at the twins and be scared to face them in a playoff series or just like want to face someone else?
1: I don't know. I, I don't know if I like that question just because it's more narrative-driven than anything. It's like naturally you're going to be more scared of the teams that have been there and done that just because, you, they, you know, you have that past history you can point to. Uh, I mean, you could say, you know, for example, when Houston came in and won the World Series, I don't know if many teams were afraid of them because it was sort of like a one-year blip. You know, they had a few times they made the playoffs, never really went deep, and then that was their breakout year. And then suddenly since then they've become, you know, the tank. And it would be really weird to go back in 2017 and be like, oh, yeah, we're not afraid of the Astros. Like, yes, you should be afraid of the Astros. Are you kidding me? They're going to be really good. So I narratively, probably not. Uh, if if you're – I guess if you're asking, like, out of the two wildcard teams, and they're like, if when we get out, what team would you rather face? 100% both teams are going to say the Twins. Yes. I, I think this is a roundabout saying which three uh, – you know, division winners, or at least they're going to look like they're going to win the division. Uh, out of those three, which one is the weakest?
0: The Twins. Yes,
1: I think that's what you're getting at.
0: Yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, I guess my point was just the Twins, you know, they're a really good team, but then you look at who they got, to, you know, here comes Randy Dobnack. I mean, because no one, the A's wouldn't be like, I mean, afraid it's whatever, though, because you never know what's going to happen, I guess, but it's just kind of funny to the point that we've gotten there and, That's kind of you know he's our game three starter especially with you know Barrios and Perez and Gibson all question marks or is he going to do what he does but everyone else you have no idea and so it's going to be fun but here we go. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. I guess it's
1: it'll be interesting. I I guess that's the way I'm putting it. I don't. There are other adjectives there, but interesting is the one I'm going to go with.
0: Yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. Well, that was a that was a lot of talking about Michael Pineda. Really wish we didn't have to. That would have been great. This is what we get for you know saying this is our ace. Everything's gonna be fine. We can rely on this guy. This is, we deserve this. We have done this for ourselves. We can blame no one but ourselves. Uh, and Pineda, I suppose. But that's not the point. Anyways, moving on. There was a there was a trade that happened today. Uh, a big trade. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of stuff moving around. Uh, of course, by that I mean Ryan Lamar was acquired in the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I, I didn't know he was in the Atlanta Braves system, actually. I, I know he was in professional baseball this year. I, I think you I think all of us remember Ryan Lamar, the sire of Fort Myers from last year. He hung around for a while, a few months, maybe a few months too long, but hung around for a while, uh, was kind of like a scrappy fan favorite, had outstanding facial hair, so everyone loved him. Had that walk-off hit in Puerto Rico that ended the game, so everyone loved him also. Uh, but, you know, once the wheels fell off, it was kind of obvious that it was just a career minor leaguer propped up by a high if which happens. Uh, then this year, you know, uh, he's been around minors, a few teams, I believe, and was just acquired today because the outfield depth is now basically zilch. So and not only that, he played today, struck out looking to end the game. So... uh do we do we have anything beyond that other than they've acquired a depth player?
0: I think that's really it here. I don't know if it's much deeper. Um well I mean, he was hitting in this matters whatsoever. He had an eight fifty seven OPS in uh Triple A this year, yeah. It's Brian Lamar. You're not gonna get you're not getting much here. But does this uh question I guess, does this mean since they acquired him, less of a chance that they call up someone like, I don't know, Alex Kirloff? or is, do you think this is just a move that they desperately needed, knowing? Kepler was struggling, uh, Snow, Cave, everyone that has ever played Marwin, you know, Buxton. Should I, should I keep going? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, keep going. The list is actually longer, so, yeah, you can keep going. Uh, yeah,
0: no, pretty good. Never mind.
1: I'm going to stop you there. I get I get where you're getting at, yeah. Uh, I had that sim- I had that very same reaction the second I saw it. I'm like, well, there goes Alex Kirloff's chances of getting called up. Because I, I really don't see it happening that they acquired him. And, you know, they've been acquiring other guys. At AAA, you know, uh, off the time my head, like, Alejandro Diaz, Brandon Barnes, uh, even Ian Miller, and then he found himself on the major league roster. So they're acquiring outfield depth uh, in the form of, you know, these, I hate to say career minor leaguers, so that's kind of what they are at this point, uh, quadruple A guys, if you were. And, you know, as they have their hands on one of the top outfield prospects in all baseball at AA, it, it kind of does show off a sign that they're like, yeah, we're not too interested in calling him up right now. Uh, just because they don't think he's ready, or whatever reason. So I, I don't know. That might change after today because Max Kepler left the game, and at one point you had two guys in the outfield who had no major league hits in their career. So <laughs> if you now that they're at this point, I don't know what would push them over the edge, but they're kind of it feels like they're treating them over the edge. I, I don't know. I don't. I I'd, I'd give it like a 20 to 30% chance of happening, off being promoted. That's just my take.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty high in itself, honestly, um, Just that. But with Kirloff, for him, I think his chances to get promoted would fully rely on if is going to be good to go sooner rather than later. I mean, if Kepler's out for an extended period of time or if they have to put him on the IL, then I think Kirloff's chances to get called up go up pretty high. I mean, they just need him, like, out of desperation. And um, the last 18 days before the playoffs actually began for double-A, he was hitting 342 with an on base of 400, slugging of 479 for an OPS of uh, 879. So he's, you know, he ended the season really well. And I mean, if, out of desperation, they might have to call him up. Like if everyone was healthy, and or if even just one or two guys were hurt, but with you know five guys down, they might call him up. You know, he's good and he can fill a spot and he can start. And you don't know what you're getting, I guess. But he's definitely a polished hitter that can. Come I in, even play some first base if you need him there because, I mean, we got Adrianza and Astadio there once in a while. So, Treloff can play first base. He can play the outfield. And Twins are in need of some position players lately.
1: Well, I think, actually, what might be more relevant uh, in the, the question and forming the hypothesis of whether it be called up is, actually, I'd, I'd look to Bruce Stark-Ratterall over anything because he was, uh, I mean, pretty rushed, I'd say, to the majors. Uh, or at least aggressively pushed. He came back from his uh, shoulder injury, made like I don't know three outings in Pensacola, has five AAA innings, and was immediately called up to the majors at the age of 21, uh, which is not something you know the Twins have historically done. He's well, one of the youngest pitchers in Twins history, straight up. And so, well, uh, you know, them showing that they're able or at least willing to, you know, promote a guy that quickly, uh, even knowing he's a top prospect and even, uh, you know, considering that they might want to take it slow. The fact that they didn't, the fact that they did, does make me potentially uh, intrigued regarding their decision on Kirilov. Maybe, you know, if they're willing to do it for Graterol, granted all prospects are different, uh, maybe they'd also be willing to do it for Kirilov. Maybe we do see a promotion because they're like, we think he's ready. Like you said, he's a high upside. You know, if we got a guy out, what are the what are the odds Ryan Lamar is going to kill it and help your playoff chances compared to Alex Kirloff? What's, you know, the upside is uh, greater than the downside,
0: basically. That's it. Yeah, that's a good point you made there, actually. I mean, if they're going to consistently roll out guys like Ryan Lamar and, you know, even Ian Miller, if he has to bat, Lamont Wade, I mean, may as well roll up Kirloff, not just because, I mean, because he's a better player than some of these guys that are up here right now. Because, I mean, In a playoff race, you want your best players playing, right? So, I mean, give it a chance if you're going to keep rolling out Ryan and against Brad Hand with the bases loaded or two guys on or whatever it was. But, you know, Mm -hmm. Kirloff up up would be – (laughs) he'd look a lot better than Ryan Lamar against Brad Hand. So, let's maybe see what we got here.
1: Well,
0: I don't know. You said he'd be a better
1: player. I want to just tweak that. I think he has has the – potential to be a better player. That's really the kind of the key you're getting here, uh, or at least we're getting at. Because, like, and I, I really don't want to be like, because I kind of feel mean and, like, insulting when I'm saying this kind of stuff. But it's like, you know, Ryan Lamar, Ian Miller, uh, I, I won't throw away because I'm intrigued that way. But, you know, these type of guys, they, they kind of are what they are at this point. You know what you're getting. You're, they're not magically going to become, you know, find something, unlock something, and become, you know, great. It's just not going to happen. The 99.9% chance it's not going to happen. You call Kirilov, you know there is that chance. There is that chance he catches fire. He does, he is polished enough for the major leagues, and he performs, and he performs on a higher level than you might have expected. And now your team is going to win games because of him instead of losing games in spite of not having you know Kepler or some someone else. So that you know, all things being equal, considering I think their bases are pretty similar. Uh,
0: yeah, I think the upside is certainly there. Yeah, let's get to life up here with the juice ball and see how it goes. <laughs> Why not? Let's go over here. <laughs> see what do. He doesn't need any more help. He just hit four straight home runs in the playoffs. Yeah, any... Imagine that just with a better baseball. Like, he didn't even get to see the triple-A baseball this year, so let's get him some uh, yeah. experience with the new one.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, that might be more important to pitchers than anything, but yeah, indeed. <laughs> so, I don't I don't know. Maybe it happens. Uh, again, it really does depend on the health of uh, a lot of the players,
0: and we'll get to that
1: very soon. But
0: I think you know, if it does, yeah. if it does happen, I think we'll know within the next 24 to 48 hours. Otherwise, I think it's. I, I'd, I'd say by game time Tuesday, we'll know if he's getting called up or not. And if not by then, I think I'd say no, nah, not happening.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's uh, the perfect timing with tomorrow. Kepler uh, should have an MRI. Uh, Buxton's flying to California to have his shoulder looked at. And uh, Kirilovsky has just ended at Pensacola. I I don't think they'd wait longer and keep him, you know, out of game time. And I don't think any questions that they currently have won't already be answered by then. So, yeah, that's a good point. I think mean, tomorrow will kind of – or not tomorrow, but Tuesday will kind of be the guide.
0: Yeah, hope so. I mean, hope he's uh, five to ten minutes kind of just go to waste because he gets called up tomorrow morning. That'd be wonderful. Who knows?
1: <laughs> Maybe that does happen. I don't know. And we'd, we'd look foolish. It won't be the first time, so I'm um, <laughs> fully, fully expecting it. Was, we've uh, hinted at some of this stuff, so let's uh, talk to it in greater detail. Uh, injury news. I, I mentioned I believe last week that I liked how it was short. Again, we brought this on ourselves. This is entirely our fault. We yeah. have angry at the baseball gods. Uh, they for whatever reason, I'm not quite sure what we did, but we did something. So we have an entire list of guys here. I'll kind of just go through them. Uh, Max Kepler left today's game with upper chest uh, soreness, you know, just discomfort in general. He's day to day. He'll get an MRI. Um, we also know was unavailable. He had a, I believe it was a stiff back. Uh, was out of the, the starting lineup and did not pinch hit for Ryan Lamar. And when you're not being, we're not pinch hitting Miguel Snow for Ryan Lamar in the ninth, you really must be injured. So. uh, He's probably not doing too well. Byron Buxton just mentioned he was on his way to California today to get an MRI on his shoulder. We'll learn more about whether he can swing a bat or not uh, going into the, this year. Uh, we know he can already play defense and uh, run the bases, but it would be nice to get the bat also. Jake Cave left the game the other day. Uh, did the injury well, – what was he again? Was he a
0: bad hamstring? Mm, uh, Jake Cave, groin injury.
1: Yeah. Groin. Okay, even worse. So he is also mm. day-to-day. I was not in the starting lineup uh, on Sunday, so Marwin
0: Gonzalez wasn't he great also? For Marwin, um, I actually don't have him. I, I think it was, yeah.
1: I feel like it was great. So I okay, the baseball reference page is loading right now, so I'm just going to talk as it loads so I can hopefully get to it. Uh, I don't, you know, I do this often. Uh, ab- abdominal red right abdominal yep. strain. There it is. No, no timetable for return. He has not played. Has not seen the field. I don't even know if he's taken dry hacks yet. So uh, not really good regarding him. Haven't heard much. Nelson Cruz left the game again with a wrist injury. I don't know how this keeps happening. He's kind of becoming like the Xavier Rhodes of the Twins at this point <laughs> with all these wrist injuries where he'll just look like, oh, there goes Nelson Cruz for the year, and then he's back like two days later uh, or two drives or whatever has you. So hopefully he said he, he swore in his life he was good enough for he'd probably even Saturday's game, but knowing the Twins and Rocco, they were decided to play it safe regarding him. Uh, Sam Dyson, oh boy, the legend of Sam Dyson. Uh, he has been out. He was sent back to uh, the Twin Cities. More testing done on his uh, right biceps. Uh, according to him, I think he woke up, I, I believe it was on Thursday, and thought that he basically tore his entire arm because he just couldn't move it. And mm. uh, we've already already had this before where uh, they, when they put him on the I.L. to, like, settle his arm down where he's like, yeah, I haven't been able to feel my arm for the last two years. You're like, um, what? That's not normal. So that's back, unfortunately. And then, the final, uh, <laughs> we do have some good news. Believe it or not, I had to get the like eight pieces of bad news. Kyle Gibson will be starting uh, the third game of the National Series. That is Thursday. Apparently, course, might be good. You guess he's good enough, or at least we need him because we don't want to have two games of bringing in rookies and then, you know, just putting them together like Lego pieces. So
0: he's back. Or
1: at least he will be back. So,
0: there's your one piece of good news. Woo. Yeah, with uh, Kepler and Cruz and Dyson and Gibby and Sano and Cave and Buxton and Gonzalez, I mean, that's halfway to a decent playoff roster. I mean, this is the worst. <laughs> Everything's coming at the worst time. and It's like the Yankees earlier in the season. Like, you could build a lineup out of their injuries. It's like just two more and we can build a one through nine here. I mean, come on, Rosario and – uh I don't even know who's to help Crone. get hurt, we got a good lineup right there, so <laughs> it's pretty good No, it's actually the worst thing that could have happened at this time of the year, but it just keeps piling on And it doesn't seem to be getting any better, and with Cruz, I mean, it's like his third time doing this Hopefully he's alright again, and, you know, he's just the you know best player in this lineup, so I don't know Everything's going wrong at the worst time
1: I mean, it's funny, because I, I think all of these guys would be in, like, the top uh, 12 of, like, any bad, like, tanking team for, uh, like, war or whatever. You know, when you open baseball reference, like, top 12 players at war. All of these guys would easily be the best players in the White Sox. I don't even think it's much of a question.
0: So, when well, yeah, about that better, kind of – They're the best players on the Twins. I mean, <laughs> we got Kepler and Buxton Ooh. and Cruz on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I guess it's true.
1: I was more trying to diss on the White Sox, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I, I guess the one good thing is we could have had Sergio Romo because it looked like he fell and died the other day. But apparently yeah. he's just weird. He's just weirdly double jointed in his left knee, and sometimes that happened. Uh, strange. That is the most Sergio true.
0: Romo thing I've I've ever heard of. Yeah. yeah. So I was gonna say just you know who <laughs> else would be like that? No one. <laughs> yeah, it's just Romo.
1: It kind of I kind of makes me like him even more. That's just. Of course, of course he double-joined his left knee. What else would he be, you
0: know? What, <laughs> like, or do you think otherwise? Popped it out of place and, like, limped off the field, refused help. Went and sat there and just started talking to his voice. Like, whatever. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. He's just fine. He's like, hey, you, y'all saw that slider,
1: though. Struck him out, right? Like, <laughs> probably what he was talking about. So, oh, man. All, all in, you know, it's funny you said uh, all of these guys, uh, their injuries are happening at the worst time. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think – uh, the worst time would probably be in about uh, three weeks or four weeks uh, when the playoffs start.
0: Oh, well, you know, I, I doubt it uh, still. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, obviously the, the, it would be preferable to not have anyone injured, all things considered. But if there's any time to see, you know, guys are healthy, to get guys back being healthy, it's right before you're about to need them, you know, at the point where there's no return. You know, here it's like, all right, let's just wait two weeks. You can't wait two weeks in the playoffs because in two weeks you're sitting on your couch potentially.
0: So, Yeah, I guess that's fair. With the division all but locked up, and every time I tweet that out, I get like four guys yelling at me because they think Cleveland's going to win. But with the division locked up, I guess you can afford these injuries for now. Hopefully they can heal by playoff time and you can make a run because right now the roster looks like we're playing in 2011, and that's no fun. (laughs)
1: Yeah, pretty much. Especially like I looked at today's lineup. I'm like, man, that is a Sunday lineup I've never seen one in my life. Good lord, Uh, a Sunday lineup
0: in September. That's not necessarily a good thing. No, (laughs) it was tough. You got acidio, You got. I mean, that that'll do it for you. But no, you got all the guys you think (laughs) of that you know aren't hitting. But that I I did it and I did looked it up and three of the guys that were on in the lineup were in the opening day lineup and the six the rest of the six just you know nope so pretty good Sam
1: not good although uh, Lamont Wade still find a way they got on base three times so uh,
0: that's just too easy. <laughs> he got his first MLB hit so congrats to him
1: finally did it took like what I think five walks and a hit by pitch before he finally got his first career hit and, and he hasn't struck out yet this is impressive. Yeah, he's got seven walks and, I think, two hit-by-pitches and one single. This is hilarious. His Fangraphs page right now is just the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty is. wild. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. If the, in the hit he got today, Lindor caught it, he dove for it, and it looked like he was about to throw my out, but luckily it got away from him. I mean, of course, that would have been the most likely thing to happen with how he's been going, but he was able to get it through, yeah. and – Good for him, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, good for Lamont. I like to see that. Anyways, we'll be moving on to uh, one of the more fun parts, this very section fan questions. Woo, mm-hmm. what, uh, what do the people want to know? I don't know <laughs> why anyone wants to know our thoughts on anything, but sometimes they do. It's interesting. So let's see. Uh, first one. Unfortunately, two of these questions kind of overlap with what was already in our itinerary to talk about. So we're not going to address them directly, but I hope they're at least addressed uh, well enough to the point where both those people are satisfied. So uh, let's see with the first one from Proud Man with a Book at That's Kepi. What do you think the best trade Falvin has made so far? Question mark. Best free agent signing? Question mark. Uh, so we uh, – you actually – it was funny because you texted me. Uh, let's just eliminate Nelson Cruz from the signing because it's so obvious. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea because uh, obviously our answer is going to be Nelson Cruz, because I think it goes without saying. Mm-hmm. So Nelson Cruz, uh, moving on, the best for agent signing, I don't, you, you might be expecting this. I don't know who else is. I'm going to say Jason Castro. actually. Oh. Oh, I think nice. it's been their best free agent signing. Yeah. I think he has provided great defense in the catching position, more offense than people are willing to give him credit for. Uh, he is – he was worth uh, 2.1 F4 and 400 plate appearances uh 2017. Missed most of 2018 due to injury, of course. And then this year has been even better. Is uh, a 1.4 F4 uh, over just 244 plate appearances. And uh, having him and Garver as your two catchers is a pretty nasty one-two punch. So I would say Castro.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't even – I guess I didn't even think of it, Castro. But I guess I'm going to stick with – I would stick with my answer here and I went with this year assigning not Nelson Cruz, but Marwin Gonzalez. I think he's been extremely valuable to the team. I mean, he's played he's played right field, third base, left field, first base. He's DH, he's played second base, and he's played shortstop for the Twins this year. He's filled, filled in wherever they needed him to, and basically an injury-filled year. And unfortunately, he is actually landed on the I.O. himself. And he's one of the few hitters with an OPS actually below 800, but you wouldn't know it, I guess. I didn't know it. It seems like he's just one of the more valuable players out there. He can, he, adds, he has quite a few clutch hits, it seems. I mean, he plays everywhere, so he's just valuable to the team as a whole, and it's good to have him here. He's back for another year next year. I thought that was a great signing in late February coming in, and, yeah, he's helped the team a lot.
1: Yeah. That's a that's a good choice. I have to. I have to agree there. He's been good. It's a. It's kind of hard because we got a lot of guys that have been, you know, good, great, solid. It's kind of like a, a conglomerate of like take 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 your pick. It's probably not wrong. So, Morrowin's <laughs> a good choice. Big fan of Morrowin. So, uh, we're Morrowin fans on this podcast. Uh, what was the best trade they've made so far? Uh, unfortunately, they haven't made a whole lot of trades. So this one uh, probably is going to be a more uh, consensus opinion here. I think, easily, it's the Jake Odorizzi trade. You know, say what you want about, you know, how good you think Odorizzi is uh, or, you know, whether the fact that you don't like that he doesn't go deep into ballgames. But considering they gave up, at the time, like their fifth or sixth best shortstop prospect, who right now, like, was terrible at double A, in return got, at the very least, a serviceable MLB starter. Was worth you know 2.6 F4 last year, are you 3.7 this year? Uh, that's that's a phenomenal deal. They
0: they made it out well in that trade. So I would say Jake Rizzy. Yep, I went with him too. I thought it was actually kind of sneaky because not many remember that was a trade. But luckily I did write down the second one just in case because I figured you'd say that because you know we think of life and it's kind of scary. But so I went yes, with. Um, <laughs> it was during the 2017 season trade deadline. They went and acquired Jaime Garcia for Oscar Yanoa, who has gotten the MLB once in his career, and he hasn't been good. ERA consistently around five in AAA. And then a couple of days later, they flipped Jaime Garcia for Zach Lattell and Dietrich Evans. And Zach Lattell, as you may know now, is one of the better relievers in the twin bullpen. So, I mean, good on them to just basically flip this Yanoa guy for the future elite reliever, Zach Lattell, just like we all predicted he would be pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, underrated trade there, but kind of a weird one. On, I think Jaime Garcia was mad about it and everything, but it was, yeah, weird week, but you got Littell, so good job on the Twins there. Yeah, that's a
1: big a big fan of that choice, because it was definitely a weird deal. We made literally one start and then was just, <laughs> all right, you're out of here. Sending you to the Yankees. So, basically, essentially flipped Hwaska Unoa for Zach Littell and Dietrich ends. where I don't even know where Dietrich ends with this right now. Last time I saw you yeah. was in the Padre system. But yeah, the tele solid I I was thinking about also right now. You could make a strong argument for the Brian Dozier trade and potentially soon in the future the Escobar trade. Uh but that's a little bit down the road. I'd be I think I'd be jumping the gun if I gave him credit for those trades yet.
0: I mean and I will never nope, I love Brian Dozer too much. Can't do it.
1: <laughs> really? You can't you can't acknowledge that they got uh a guy who was as good as Dozier for the rest of 2018 plus Devin Smelter and Luke Rayleigh, you can't do that
0: I cannot do that that's correct <laughs> ah, damn So you're going to be crying then when he comes back cuz he he'll be in town on Tuesday so Oh man I was going to go to that game too but I just couldn't uh, I was going to, just to see him give him a standing ovation even if it was just me but can't go damn. Oh well I'll do that like if you really don't if you really don't like him then you know, <laughs> you go to how many of Kepler's games you go to? Is he your favorite player, what's going on here? Hey, 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 hey! I am, I am limited here. You're less <laughs> so. Well, it's still a ways of a drive, you know. I mean, I'm, it's tough when I can just get a better view of my house. You know, let's go here. <laughs> hey, hey,
1: it's a ways of a drive for me, also. You know, well, I'm just saying.
0: You know, you know, um, I got nothing because you're right, and yeah, you, you can just go there, but I'm pro- I, I can't, so. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, you got nothing if you got some right. That's
1: awesome. Moving on to the next question uh, from Brady Mears, a trademark apparently, at Cujo120. Better future pro, Lewis de Kirilov? Obviously, Royce Lewis or Alex Kirilov. Also, congrats, you spelled Kirilov correctly. Uh, very proud mm-hmm. of that. Even when we went to the, uh, we went to the Twins game uh, that Sunday a few days ago and they do the prospects and you know, they throw them off on the screen, they themselves misspelled Kirilov. So sometimes it happens. There's two L's people. Two L's, two Fs, it's that easy. But um uh, interesting question. They've they've pretty much been, you know, one and the same, Lewis and Kirilov, Kirilov and Lewis. And I we talked about them. Uh, let's see. How was I gonna word this? I think in my opinion, Alex Kirilov has the better uh base line to be a good player. I think at the I think he has a good chance of being at least a you know, an everyday solid contributor. I think Royce Lewis has the higher ceiling, where uh, pretty much, I don't know, Lewis could be like, well, prime all-star, so can Kirilov, obviously, but I think Lewis's potential for that is greater than maybe Kirilov. But at the same time, Kirilov has maybe a lower bust rate. That's kind of what I'm getting at. I really hope you
0: understand me, because I did a terrible job of explaining that. Well, strangely enough, I was basically going to say exactly what you said. Um, with Kirilov, oh, I, naturally. Picked, <laughs> yeah, weird. I picked Kirilov because, you know, he's just, as you said, got this more solid base and he's just I guess more polished right now and he's easier to see as being the guy that will have a better career overall I mean Lewis obviously has insane potential but just with the you don't know about his defense at shortstop and this year he went through a whole bunch of mechanical changes in his swing and, and things seem to go wrong for him but he's still twenty twenty one, so both of them are I mean they're both extremely you know, talented and young and you know, I'd give it to Kirloff, but, I mean, I see them both being solid contributors in the future. Give it, give Kirloff next year, and I'd give Royce Lewis 2021 till we actually see them both, but, yeah, I'd have to pick Kirloff on these two to be the more, uh, just better pro overall, I suppose. But, yeah. Right. That's what I
1: got. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, we pretty much agree. What a, what a surprise there. <laughs> and, i Actually, it might be a might be a more interesting question now to ask Trevor Larnick because we might be underrating Larnick now at this point because he absolutely mashed last year and now this year he even did better at Double A than Kirloff did. So uh, maybe we're under maybe we're underrating Larnick. We should give him some credit.
0: I'd, and yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think give Larnick one more half of a season that he rakes like he did this year, and people will start yeah. to definitely recognize it. But the talk is. Again, I mean, it, and it's going to be out of these two here, out of Kirloff and Lewis until I mean, unless Kirloff just goes away somehow, and Larnick just steps up much higher. It's these two are the two that everyone's going to know, even if Larnick does what he did this year again. I mean, it just seems that way.
1: Need a justice for Trevor Larnick. That's what we need. <laughs> we get that trend. Justice for him. He was one of the better hitters. I had him on my top one of my top uh, hitters list for Twins Daily. I did not have Kirloff. So, yeah. You know, granted, performance and skill, especially in the minor leagues, are two different things, but it's hard to argue with Lauren's performance, so we need some justice for Trevor. Now we
0: got uh, free Adrianza and justice for Larnick. I like it. It's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Those are our two catchphrases. I like it, yeah. You print those on T-shirts. Moving um, on. We have – so this this pretty much – this is more of a, a thought being yelled at more than is a question, but – you know, on Twitter, the two can become intertwined. So, uh, Alan the Cat, impressed that a cat can tweet. You don't see that too often. Uh, what is the deal with Adrianza's playing first base? His defense at that position is poor, and he's not good at scooping throws. Seriously, can't they find another position to play in? Uh, again, more airing out uh, thoughts of annoyance than anything. But from my eye test, adrianza has been doing fine at first base, and defensive metrics at first base are always weird, and he doesn't have nearly enough sample size to get on him. I think it's fine. I, I'd, you know, if I'm comparing, I'd rather him at first base than outfield. That's certainly for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm don't. i on the same boat. I mean, you yeah, know, really, I really overreacted there when you said you'd rather him there than the outfield. I guess I didn't even think of that because in the outfield, Adrian's is a mess. And at first base, at least, you know, it's kind of like a safety blanket. You'll put the guys there, like, ask the deal. I had no idea he played first base until he got here. I don't think he did, mm-hmm. but they just kind of threw him there. And it's not—it's never horrible. I mean, they can play; they serviceable. And I mean, of course, you'd rather have Crow in there every day. But when he's not there, and Marwin's able to play third or something, Adrian does. I think he's just fine there. Of course, he's—he's yeah. he's a very good shortstop. But I think my first base isn't gonna win—win win or lose the game for you. So it's whatever.
1: Yeah, I'd never want him to consistently start there like every day, but. Mm-hmm. Just- Basically, once a week, like he does, it's fine. It's not much of a problem.
0: And yeah, definitely. So
1: whenever we talk about something like that, it is really hard, like, not to quote Moneyball. We're just like, first base ain't that hard. Tell him Wash. It's incredibly hard. You know, that <laughs> I always comes to my mind. And then I remember that Chris Pratt was Scott Hatterberg, and that blew my mind. But that was a conversation for a different time.
0: Greatest anyway, movie movie. I'll tell you. Whoa, is this major league disrespect here? Is that what's happening? I mean... Moneyball is just I love that oh. movie. I've seen it a few times now and probably gonna watch it again soon. It's the greatest baseball movie in my opinion, so don't get don't go off now.
1: <laughs> okay, I will I will agree with you. I'm gonna make a, a slight uh like I'm gonna make a slight you know can't think of the word right now, but yeah, once I'll explain it, it'll make sense. Moneyball is the best baseball movie. Major League is the best movie about baseball. Does that make sense?
0: I mean, no, but I know what you're trying to say at the same time. Okay. It makes no sense well, but, if I know what you're saying. So there we go. Sense. That, is, that is half the
1: stuff that I ever say, so congrats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, no, Moneyball is a great drama. It's just that uh, it feels more like a movie with baseball as its background, uh, whereas, like, I don't know, Major League, like Bad News Bears, I don't know if you can name off all the 80s uh, baseball movies, they're just like their main focus is baseball. <laughs> Not that that uh, makes any sense, because Money, Moneyball's yeah. main focus is also baseball. But this, yeah. this is
0: just how we speak, okay? I saw a, a solid tweet. It was like, Moneyball takes the best part out of a baseball movie. and takes the uh, worst part of a baseball movie, the actual baseball, and replaces it with the best part of any baseball movie, in parentheses, balancing a budget. And yeah, you know, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but it's still, it's still a good movie.
1: <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty good. Plus, big fan of Sat uh, Jonah Hill. And, uh, you know, they don't let of get out. Yeah, Brad Pitt was in that. Uh, oh, who else was it? Probably should talk about other stuff, actually. should get focused for you. You know. think so? Uh, just, oh yeah, you just, no. It might be more fun if we don't get focused. This is the one you can chop up and throw on Twitter and be like, hey, listen to our podcast. Sometimes we just talk about the weirdest <laughs> shit. It's
0: yeah, not I'm going to chop really
1: it up good. so it sounds like we know what we're talking about. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm impressed that you're able to do that because I hear this in real time and I don't even think I know what we're talking about. <laughs>
0: So, uh, you know, five minutes of my day. Well spent. <laughs>
1: five minutes. Hey, it's only five minutes now for me, and I can upload in less than 30 minutes. Good lord. But, yeah. Uh,
0: again, I'll get guess. back on topic. So, so uh, follow my Thanks. new uh, podcast Twitter account, at freeadrianza, for every other day updates on our podcast. So, this is my plug. So, yep, move on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's a plug. Yeah, I'll post from it every
1: few days. You'll retweet it. I'll retweet it. I'll comment it. I'll comment that someone's finally pulling the weight. Uh, commented from the editor, and hey. <laughs> it's all all in good fun. And yeah, I was hoping for you
0: really? uh, to say, yep, yep, go check this out, but I go look at my uh, recent notifications, and finally pulling his way. Yep, there it is. <laughs>
1: yep. Well, I got it. You know, what What are we if I'm not making fun of you?
0: Oh, exactly. Really? It's, it's, it's all in good fun, of course. It's, uh,
1: yeah, good that's, fun. That's totally. what we, what we yeah. think,
0: of course. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Okay, cool. Sounds
1: good. Yeah, yeah, move on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Moving on, even though we've said that four times and we never actually moved on. Thank you for the <laughs> questions. Questions were good. Um, big fan of these questions. Uh, I like it when we have good questions. Unfortunately, no, like, weird Tom question out of left field. I do miss that. But yeah, the uh, the eternal question, is always on our itinerary, every week. And it's really hilarious that it will perpetually stay here, is uh, – Did Martin Perez do his job? Now, I know what's going to happen. I know we're about to do it. Oh, man. Because, yes, I know already what's going to happen. Because I'm going to say, no, he didn't. You're going to say, yes, he did. You're going to be technically correct, and I'm going to get really mad. (laughs) So, at the very end of the day, he, he, uh, over six innings, gave up one run to the, the Boston Red Sox. That is true. Yet, at the same time, I'm still. I still have no more faith in him after that game than I did before, because still walked more than he struck out. Uh, I, I will say his strike percentage was actually a lot higher than he usually was. I believe it hovered around 70, which is nice. But then they, he's not, you know, getting strikeouts. He's not getting swinging strikes, and it's really hard to consistently have uh, the good Babbitt every single time you go out there. It's, you know, when it's not, he just
0: falls apart, kind of.
1: So what, what? What are you going to say that's going to piss me
0: off? Well, all right, here we go. So it's hard to get this good luck and this good BABIP every time out, but yet he's done it four or five out of the last six times or something. I mean, we've been – I mean, he's done it. He's doing something right here. Obviously, I have no real trust in him as a Game 3 starter, but did he do his job is the question, and the answer is an easy yes. I mean, six innings, give up only one run. That's exactly what he's asked to do every time out, and he didn't – I mean he does. That's great for him. That's a perfect start for Martin Perez, who cares about the strikeouts. And as long as you do good and get six innings, don't give up more than, you know, three, four runs, that's perfectly fine I me mean, if he does it every time out, which, as you said, is impossible because of the strikeouts and the walk ratio and everything else. But he did do his job this week.
1: <laughs> this week, the C, this is where we're getting at the, you know, specific words. This week, yes. Will he do it next week?
0: I, I really doubt it. it. I mean, we'll ask that next week. Who cares about that right now? The oh, question are about, about this week and this week only. No other ever game game ever. Nothing else has any implications on if you did a job this week. And the answer is a yes.
1: You just have, like, the, the sour face. Like, I just hate oh. some, like, <laughs> bad grapes or whatever. It's just kind of what I have right now.
0: I mean, I'm just <laughs> being optimistic. You're just mad. <laughs>
1: You, we have this conversation every time. I would love, nothing would make me happier. than Next time Martin Perez goes out, I think he's going to pitch against the Nationals, we see like seven innings and ten strikeouts in like two walks. I would cry actual tears of happiness if that happened because it would be so beautiful and I'd be able to say, yes, this is sustainable. Yet, for like the last, I don't know, however many months, it has not happened. So, we kind of getting to the point where it's like, if if the Babbitts look, if the Babbitt gods are pleased and are smiling down upon him that day, yes, he will do his job. If they feel angered and upset and decide to throw their t- reign of terror at him, then no, it'll be a very bad start. And I don't want, I don't like leaving that up to chance. I really don't.
0: I mean, yeah, that makes total sense. But again, I'm focusing on nothing but what happened this week. I'm not even going to consider that there's any other possibility than what he did this week, because from what I'm seeing. He's a really good pitcher because I only can see what happened this week. Nothing else.
1: Uh, do you need to borrow my glasses or something to, like, help, <laughs> help you see? Because I, I think nope. that's your problem. No, it's all good, no?
0: actually. I'm doing fine here.
1: Fine. I will say, I'm I'm kind of, like, simplifying battles, saying that he has all the battles like. For for what it's worth, his balls on play and his exit velocity is very good, actually. His hard hit percent is uh, – 94th percentile in the league is exit 97th. So uh, when you have, you know, those kind of numbers, and then uh, ex Woba is actually above average, and ex but does consider strikeouts. So that's interesting. Um, so when you do consider that, he does have a better shot at those kind of games, like we're talking about, where, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not just up on his side. Maybe that's just what he is. But, again, if it's not there that day, it's going to be ugly, less so than uh, with a strikeout pitcher generally. So,
0: I mean, yeah, obviously I'm not saying you know, he's going to be great or anything. I'm saying for the last while, he's given you a, at least a fighting chance here. And if he can continue that, somehow ride this odd wave that he's been on, I don't know how or why, but if he can just keep going, get keep getting quality starts like this, I mean, you know, I I don't even know. He's he's not a playoff starter. I don't know where we're going with this where I'm going with this. I, I don't trust him anywhere, but. He did his job. He had a good start this week. So, and over his last, uh, since about exactly a month ago, he's got the ERA of 421. So, you know, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, he sh- probably shouldn't be a playoff starter, but he might end up being yeah. one.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, mm. I don't
1: want to consider that possibility. He uh, should
0: save this luck for the playoffs, I guess.
1: Yeah, you should say, it. stop, Martin, you're using up all your good luck. You need to not mm-hmm. do that. You need to save it for when you go up against the Yankees, walk three, strike out two, yet have no earned runs over six. You need to save it for that. Okay, dude? All right, thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah, for really. definitely definitely listening to us as you do. Doesn't everyone? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. You have uh, two confirmed listeners. Uh, was it Louis Thorpe and Bruce or Adderall?
0: So, yeah, and those were both days chat. that I think you said something nice and I said something not so nice, so. Of course it was. Ouch. Hate to see it. Yeah. Hate. Whatever. hate to see it. it happens.
1: So, moving on. We have a minor league talk. Not a whole lot because most of the seasons have wrapped up. Uh, the Colonels, the Cedar Rapids Colonels, they did win today. Uh, they're at a three-game series, so game three will be tomorrow. They won on a walk-off single from Sean Kearcy. They are in the semifinal series right now, so if they win tomorrow, then they'll be in the finals. Naturally, that's how it that goes. Uh I need to explain that. Sometimes it gets confusing. So good, good luck to the Colonels. They've done well. They have a really good pitching staff. Uh, their bats have done better than I actually thought they were going to do. So they're looking good. Uh, unfortunately, the other side of that coin, uh, coin, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, saw their season end today, just actually a few hours before we started recording. They lost game five to Biloxi. Uh, Biloxi. I definitely mispronounced it. But <laughs> the other double A team that they were facing, how about that? It was a, a – Took him to game five. Like I said, it was quite the series uh, to, be, to be watching. There was a lot of back and forth, and there really no lead was safe. It was kind of wild. But their season is over. They had a great season. I, You know, to be honest, out of all of the teams in the twin system, I thought they were, on their own talent-wise, the best. So it's kind of weird to see that they didn't even make it to the finals. But sometimes it would be like that. Not much else to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously. And everything, you
0: know. Uh, the Twins' prospects we talked about earlier, Lewis and Kirloff, both had very good series. And Kirloff won not four straight mm-hmm. games, which is leading people to, say, call him up. So, of course, it's because yeah. that's the way it goes. So, those two had very good series. And, well, good season. Congrats to the Wahoos on getting yeah. to the semifinals, at least.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you said, it's not just Lewis and Kirloff. you look down that lineup, you have Lewis, Kirloff, Larnik, Jeffers, Blankenhorn, Miranda. And all of those guys are arguably top 20 in the twin system, which is a very strong system. And then you look at the rotation, you're like, okay, Johan Duran. Also now, uh, I guess I'm just going to go directly into this, Jordan Balazovic and Dakota Chalmers. And you're like, holy crap, this team legitimately has, like, I don't know, eight or nine potential MLB players, which is just wild.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely. Balazovic, she's been – Outstanding. I said his name right. You see that he's been outstanding all year. Oh, We got the call up for the playoffs. And yeah, good for him. And Chalmers. He's Fernando Rodney trade. I was actually considering just putting that up there because Rodney was never going to be here. I was going to talk about it, but here I am now. But yeah, so good trade, good swap there, and both <laughs> these guys pretty high on. So we'll see where it goes.
1: Yeah, good move. Yeah, we're talking a little bit more in depth. Uh, I just passively mentioned it, but Balzovic and the Dakota Chalmers were both promoted. Belzovic ended up pitching in one of the games. He went five innings. Yes, he went five off the top of my head. Struck out seven in his first – actually, four or two-thirds I the Uh, Struck out seven in his first double-A outing. Looked really good, actually, which is kind of wild for him at double-A. Like you said, you're high on him. I'm high on him also. I think most people would agree he's probably the second-best pitching prospect behind Gratterall. And if you're Keith Law, you'd say he's even above Gratterall, but I'm not an asshole, so I'm not Keith Law. And then uh <laughs> uh to would shambles. Uh and then Dakota Chalmers, like you mentioned, he was in the Rodney trade. He was kind of a guy I think a lot of people forgot about. Uh when they traded for him, he was recovering from Tommy John. But I uh, you know, electric stuff, just ridiculous stuff. I assume you saw that video of the the curve I clipped, which yeah. just absolutely swiped the soul of that batter. Oh man. Just, that that was something else. Just front door slider caught him, you know, You did that, like, flinch where, like, oh, no, it's going to hit me, but it pops right in, (laughs) and then not, and then you're just, like, in the middle of everything, and you're like, crap, I just got embarrassed. So, ridiculous stuff. Fastball up, I heard 97. I've heard him up to 99. You know, all stuff, can he rein it in and get some more command? That'll be whether, uh, that'll be the deciding factor, whether he can be effective in the majors or not, but a lot of interesting arms. That's pretty much the end result here. A lot of interesting arms.
0: Yeah, been on the Wins, you know, it used to be you'd have a couple of high-quality prospects, but you look down there now and you can name eight or ten that are looking really good and that have a chance to, you know, make it up here in the next few years and really contribute. So in any system, that's great. But, I mean, of course, the Twins mm. need pitching help, you know, and hopefully it's coming with a lot of these guys because they're all looking really good down there lately. So we'll see where it goes.
1: Yeah, it's, it's wild because not just uh... – you know, just in general, I look at specifically the pitching. I mean, there's so many guys at each level who just pointing to, like, yeah, that guy had a great year, that guy had a great year, you know, that guy had a great year. Uh, you know, I think the Colonels starting rotation, you got uh, Matt Cantonero, Luis Rijo, Josh Winder, Andrew Cabezos, all of these guys had great years, and you hop up to Fort Myers, and Fortunately, I'm choking on some of the Fort Myers names. It'd be more fresh in my mind to actually play some playoff games. But they had, you know, they had guys also, Pensacola. we mentioned Deron, Chalmers, and Balagubic now. And you're like, holy crap, you have uh, – oh, Griffin Jacks. Don't want to forget him. He's good also. Uh, but you have just waves, it looks like, of potential future arms. It's like at, at some point, more of them have to hit the not. And so you're looking at a refreshable system of talent, which is very good to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, it should be fun for many years. In terms of page building a sustainable winner in this city, and it looks like they know what they're doing. I mean, we've got guys coming up for years to come, it seems, so definitely exciting. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see.
1: Uh, and they're especially going to need it with the way that, uh, well, the pitching stock's going to look like next year, but we've already had that conversation. They do need to have it again. Uh, moving on. Looking ahead, uh, the next week as they, Get to the end of this, you know, tough part of the schedule right before it gets to and Ultrasoft. Uh, they have an off day on Monday. It's either tomorrow or today. depends on when you're listening to this. Uh, and then they will invite the Washington Nationals in for three games. They will see uh, Animal Sanchez, uh, Stephen Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin. it be interesting. I don't know about you. I, always, I, I do enjoy it when, like, national teams come to American League ballparks and face, you know, like the Twins. I think it's always fun watching because you don't you don't get to see these teams too often, and I, I think it's neat sometimes because you can be like, oh yeah, there's Trey Turner. I don't get to watch him a lot, so that's fun watching.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially when it's an above-average team like the Marlins or gosh, <laughs> like the Nationals. <Nash>, <laughs> <an amazing. laughs> I was yikes. thinking of a bad team that I wouldn't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a that's a brutal blunder right there. Um, like an above. <laughs> And above average team, like the Nationals. So then you got to see the guys like Trey Turner and Rendon's having an MVP year. And mm-hmm. the return of Brian Dozier. Um, but, yeah, you said uh, Annabelle Sanchez will pitch game one, Strasburg two, and then Patrick Corbin three. Definitely no easy task taken on them. And for the Twins, it'll be Barrios game one, Martin Perez game two. And I didn't know his soul right now, but Gibson's already been slotted in for game three of the series. And so I guess he's coming back for good. On the twelfth, so yeah. that's okay.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, it's less fun though because the Nationals are good and they're also on a hot streak. So kind of like, mm. okay, well, fun watching these guys. Please also don't like destroy us and give us the business because that would be unfortunate. But uh, yeah, they'll have to, Take they'll have to play in
0: regardless. the Indians, So my like goal. Yeah, I
1: guess. so. I mean, I think uh, if I've done the math correctly, which is always dangerous, and Matt does math. Uh, they're guaranteed, if you win one game of the next six, you're guaranteed at the end of the streak to have uh, the lead. Unless, I think, uh, unless Cleveland plays tomorrow and they win, in which case then if they win one and then, you know, you're guaranteed at, at very least then be tied. But really the, the bar is so low here where it's like one or two and then you're pretty much good. From there on out, it's smooth sailing. Kansas City, the White Sox and Tigers stand it out. So it's kind of
0: kind of wild when you put it in that like perspective. <laughs> I guess you're right, but I'm gonna yeah. I mean, take one of go one in five here. and then just win the rest. So now, hope they go three and three at the least. So that's the goal I'm putting out, and that means nothing whatsoever to the team, of course. But that's just what I'm gonna say. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, I also wouldn't mind if they swept both series. You know, I oh How do I take that would be? Oh yeah, I, so, believe it or not, you know, I know that's really weird to say, but. They won all of the games.
0: I've been pretty happy, actually. I can confirm that I would also support that. I I don't know how much, of course, because I don't know what you know every all the logistics and all everything that would go into it. So let's go with three and three. That's so what I'm going with. Definitely my take. Three and three. There you go. Three and three. We set the bar high here.
1: Just go three and
0: three. So.
1: <laughs> Yeah, Washington, of course, I just also mentioned, then they'll have three in Cleveland, and that'll be the last time they see Cleveland in the regular season, and they play well on the road, so uh, that might be advantageous to them, uh, although the Cleveland does hold the season series over them by two games, so I don't know what you make of that. Like, we mentioned way earlier at the start of this podcast that they do play well against the Twins, and that is true. It's... Whenever the Twins give to come into town or they come into Minneapolis, you got to give them credit. They gave them one hell of a fight. Like, every every game feels like it's close, at the very least, which is,
0: you know. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to compliment them because I don't like complimenting them, but it it is something to note. Yeah, and they're, they're a dangerous team, for sure. Oh, I, I mean, I hope they don't even make the wild card round. I'd love to see the A's and Rays in because I don't even want to face Cleveland in a playoff series if it comes to that. Like no, that that's just nope, not for me. I'd rather face anyone else really. Well, except for Houston and New York, but on the wild card teams I'd rather face <laughs> Tampa or Oakland over Cleveland for sure. The A's and
1: the Rays would be the perfect wild card team or wild or at least wild card game It's for like two teams that the vast majority of like uh in the national broadcasts just don't give a shit about. So that's <laughs> why it would be hilarious. So you're like the <laughs> like Liam Hendricks comes in. Who is that? <laughs> Liam Hendrick, who is this? He's like yeah. the rays are thrown at like eight different pitchers uh, after Charlie Morton, and you're like, all right, here's Colin Poche. Colin Pot, Colin, Poche? Colin Poche? What?
0: What is that? Yeah. So I
1: would, I would, I would like,
0: very much enjoy that. Bottom of the payroll in baseball, and they're just going at it in a wild card game. Yep. Tanner yeah. Roark versus Charlie Morton, and the A's would pull it off because of the A's. But yep, should be fun. <laughs>
1: You know, it's funny enough. I had this thought the other day. There's a strong argument to make. Tanner Warwick so far has been the best starter traded at the deadline. Which, you know, mm-hmm. I know I'm just dropping that on you, so you don't know that. But it's it's
0: really weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I guess I I I don't know because Stroman I know has been bad, ERA over five. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, there wasn't much else that went on, so I definitely. Well, agree. I was thinking.
1: I was thinking, yeah, because Strowman obviously is in poor, ERA over five. Bauer has just been, like, cartoonishly mm, yeah. bad. Like, ERA of, like, seven or eight or something like that. And even Zach Greinke, believe it or not, he's kind of struggled a bit in Houston. So... Oh,
0: yeah,
1: he was traded. I don't know if you remember that. But I was thinking of those guys, and I'm like, who else? And then I saw Tanner Roark had, like, an ERA of 3.86 on the year. So I'm like, what? That can't be real. What?
0: Mm. happens. No. It's been... It's strange. Strange world we live in. Yeah, and Tanner Roark, the A's just kind of swooped in, didn't really tell anyone they were doing it. He's just like, yep, A's got this guy, so there's that? Now move on yeah. to other things, I guess, because they're the A's, and no one knows what's ever going on over there.
1: Yeah, they're requiring Homer Bailey, Tanner Roark, and Jake Seekman to have the most Oakland A's,
0: you know, yeah. trade deadline
1: of all time. So you're like, yep, 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 makes sense, all three across
0: the board. You're
1: so Oakland players, it hurts.
0: And Homer Bailey's been rough. I mean, he hasn't even been bad. It, of course, they've just made him so he's all right. Not not good. Not yeah. bad. Just you know, average Homer Bailey. Just per- perpetually. If
1: Homer Bailey was a spice, he would be flour. That is <laughs> kind of where we're at. Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Homer Bailey. You're definitely listening to this also.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I believe, uh, unless we have another rant to go off of, we have reached the end. The podcast, uh, a bit short this time. Usually we come in at, like, perfectly, What what is it, 87 or whatever?
0: One, one hour, so, 27 minutes and, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, perpetuates
1: that. This is, like, 10 minutes before that. So that's uh, that's weird. And that, that doesn't happen. But we have uh, self-promotions, I suppose. I, will, I do not believe I need to be writing a minor league report this week. I, I think Ooh. the colonels, even if, even if the colonels advance, I don't think the series will go that far, so I'm probably done regarding that. Uh, Unfortunately, it was a fun fun season. But the trade off is I will be writing the uh for the twins daily minor league awards, I'll be writing the starting pitcher article. I believe that goes up Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. So will go up Thursday. Of course I'll also have the series preview. Fun I get to preview Cleveland for the third time this year. <laughs> Love it. Uh actually it might even be the fourth time. I forgot, honestly. But oh, man. I'll be doing That's that. Rough. That's my that's my week. I'll have to find somehow another fan from Ohio. Ugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I mean Twins Day would definitely the best place to find all the best minor league stuff. They're so gonna have awards all week here, so check that out. Matt, you'll be ready. Starting mm-hmm. pitcher. So that's cool. But for me, I wrote the game recap today on just the most annoying game. I guess, you know. Put out a triple A lineup and see what happens. You know, Ryan Lamar closes out. And, uh, you know, it was great. It was a great time. So I didn't even tweet it out just because there's you know, no point. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even okay. tweet it out. <laughs> go read that one. I guess my best promotion this week will just be to go check out the Twitter account that I make for the podcast just because I tweet out snippets of what we say here. And then you'll be more intrigued to listen because I only tweet out the best stuff. So <laughs> go check that one out at Free Adrianza. Very good username. And yeah. So, you also like yeah.
1: to get you also like to get in fights with randos. I noticed
0: that. Oh yes, I have to do that on that account. I will be getting into fights with random Indian fans or even twin fans if it come to it, because I don't want to do it on my own account in fear of losing followers. So that's the main reason I really created this other account. But don't tell anyone that.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll keep your sheet here. You got it.
0: Whoa, dude! You'll never guess what I just got on Twitter.
1: Oh, did we get a question?
0: No, it's so much worse. Some guy named Matt. Oh, it's not even you. Some guy named Matt. Description. I like tacos. The only people that care about a podcast are the two dudes recording in their basements. Ouch. (laughs) Cool.
1: Oh, Oh, man. Well, first of all, I'm deeply offended because I see our numbers, and we have at least 40 people every week. So, you know, I... That's messed up, and also, I'm not even in the basement, I don't even have a basement, so that's messed up
0: oh man yeah i I mean I'm using the basement, but I'm not today, and so this guy is completely off base. I don't know what he was thinking, obviously he has no idea what he's talking about
1: no, no, this is just, this is erroneous
0: on all counts.
1: this is just you know blatant this is blatant uh just
0: slander I can't I find up. it hilarious. <laughs> Can you, can you know, I out of completely serious, what a what a guy. You know, out of all of the uh,
1: things I've been called on Twitter, that has to be low on the list of you know really <laughs> insulting
0: things. Oh man, it's wonderful. I'm glad, you know, I'm, oh, I'm about to reply to the tweet because I can't, I can't, can't help myself. So it's all good. <laughs> all I right. All right, I can't wait to see what fight you get into. <laughs> It'll be one for the. Well, yeah, uh, that was dropped on us just now. That was pretty fun.
1: I'd, really funny that it happened to be dropped on this as we're recording. That is the best, actually. <laughs> it
0: is wonderful. Planning. Oh, man. I was I thought it was like a <laughs> reply, and I went, oh, we got a new question. But, no, just this guy. Damn. Whatever. Ouch.
1: Ouch. Well, I'm going to have to – unfortunately, I'm going to have to go to bed tonight, knowing that I was owned by random on Twitter. I <laughs> don't know how I'm going to do it.
0: It was his first tweet in like a week, too. Why would he do that? What the heck, man?
1: Man, that yes. is, that is cold. And for yes, another well, Matt, dude, I, I, I feel offended.
0: I think it's hilarious. So. Alright. So yeah, that's my self phone. I know I have something on Wednesday too, not sure what yet. But yeah.
1: Alright. Well, there's that. Uh, we did find a little bit of something to talk about. We did not reach the 87-minute mark, unfortunately. But, we have reached that one point where we kind of don't know how to end this, even though it's been 14 other episodes at this point. So we really should instead well, we kind of just talk and I throw music in at some point so it gets less awkward
0: one of the uh, questions actually had an ending from Faith on Twitter too telling us to have a good day so have a good day oh. to you too and Matt have a good day to you also although my nice time so it didn't work but that's how I'm going to end it so goodbye well I'm going to make
1: sure to have a phenomenal uh, three and a half hour session this
0: day I'll tell you that yeah shut up <laughs> <laughs>
1: alright well uh, another great episode, great talking, and uh, how about everyone else? I hope you guys have a great days. Whenever this, you happen to listen to this, let's uh, let's expand the love out. How about that?
0: All right, yeah, sounds good. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> sounds good, ya